This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Tuesday, Monday, Monday, day after Boxing Day. Welcome. I hope everyone had an amazing, happy Christmas and uh, that you guys are thriving. You ate a lot. I know I ate a lot. I'm still eating. I'm giving myself till December 31st to eat and drink and be merry because this whole 5,000 year pandemic, I feel like I deserve to just, you know, eat what I want, do what I want. Uh, welcome, you guys, uh, to Before the 90 Days, Season 5, Episode 3, First Date, Second Thoughts. Um, there's going to be some changes moving into 2022, so I just want to do some housekeeping real quick, real, first and foremost, before we jump into the episode. So first, uh, I'm transitioning out of just Facebook Lives, so wherever you're watching this, it's going to be on YouTube and all the Patreon stuff is going to be on Patreon, so I'll put the link on Facebook, but as a Facebook watch moving forward in 2022, it's going to be YouTube exclusively, um, and or if you're a Patreon, the exclusive content on Patreon specifically, so uh, make the necessary changes that you need to make, um, because that's what we're going to start doing uh, moving into 2022. And uh, what else I want to say? Support the show. We have super chats, super stickers, all the things. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, these shows would not happen. And uh, a lot of things coming down the pipeline, you guys. It's been busy. 90 Day keeps us busy. Doing between all of the spinoffs and all of the drama, I, I like there are so many stories. Like I'm sitting on so many stories, you guys. Like I don't even know what to do with myself, to be honest. Because sometimes I have to sit on it just to think about like what's the perspective? What What is the story really saying, you know? I have some explosive family Chantel tea. I have Paul and Karini tea. You guys know they're going through all this drama. I just, it's just a lot. So anywho, let's talk about before the 90 days. First date, second thoughts. Okay, you guys, I love the new characters. Like I, I really do, but I'm having a hard time because there's some people that I feel for, and there's some people that I'm like, this is never going to work. Like, why? From the get-go, 
when people tell you who they are, believe them. And and these people are telling us right off the bat who they are. So let's get into Jasmine and Gino. First of all, Gino, like his little laugh and his little like nervous energy and all the things is just, I know he was going to be a breakout star, but, but he cracks me up, like all of it. So he's feeling a lot of love from Jasmine already, uh, but he feels like she likes to be in control of everything, which she does. Uh, and, you know, he just gets there. And my whole thing, you guys, is he just, if you've ever traveled and for extensive periods of time, when you get to your destination, all you want to do is chill. You want to chill. You want to have a hot shower. You want to acclimate. You want to unpack and just like acclimate. But they have like an agenda. They're going to dinner. They're having conversation. They're like checking each other's phones, all the things. And you know, Jasmine is a vegan, so she's ordering like some vegetarian roll. And of course, Gino, which she says her words, is being a typical American um, that loves meat a lot. So he's ordering a burger with mayo he specifically asked for with quote unquote American cheese and uh, <laughs> and bacon. And she is not having it because she doesn't, you know, she's a vegan. So she's like, you're going to need to change your diet at some point if you're going to be with me, which I don't think you should have to do. Like, people are going to be who they are. I do think that Gino eats terribly for a man in his 50s. Like, how your whole life did you never learn to cook? That's my really, my question. Like, how did you, hey, Raydella, hey, Vanessa, hey, girls, hey, hey, Faith. How did you guys not, how do you not learn to cook? Like, all this frozen food and fast food and all the things. You're an engineer, Gino. Like, you should know better, do better. But, you know, you don't want to clog your arteries. You're As you get older, you got to start thinking about these things. So her phone rings. It's her friend, Paola. Paola? Paola. And he's curious. He thinks it's a dude, but it's her friend, Paulina. And so now that he's asked about her phone, of course, she's going to ask about his phone because she is a jealous type off the bat. Um, and she's basically, she sees a message. She's like, who is this bitch? Delete and block. And as she sits down, she's like, sorry for getting crazy. But are you though, Jasmine, are you sorry? Are you? I don't think you're really sorry. I think you just really want to control the situation. I haven't decided where, cause she comes across as really self-confident and I love that in women to like be self-confident and know what they want and know who they are but at the same time she's got this weird jealous thing and she gets jealous over weird stuff that it doesn't even kind of even make sense so I don't know if it's just for the tvs or or if she's really like that and then you know I've had some interaction with her online hey Texas Gina and she seems really sweet so I'm I'm trying to figure it out that's why this whole season is already I'm confused about it. What are your thoughts on, on Jasmine? Do you think that she's like super controlling and a super jealous type? Or do you think that she's like, just like a very confident woman? Let me, let me know. Let me know what you guys think. So anyways, they're having uh dinner. She wants him to delete and block this person that friend requested him. They're drinking wine. They finished dinner. She wants to go back to the bedroom and Waitress comes over, brings a check now. She's like, oh, yeah, over there. He's paying. It's first date. So she expects, obviously, that he's going to pay for everything. And But she doesn't want him to tip. 
Now, you guys already know how I feel about the service industry. I've been in the service. I was in the service industry. Why can't I speak? I was in the service industry for many years, and how people treat service people really shows you who they are, in my opinion. And I absolutely think that service industry people are on their feet and work hard and do the most, and they don't get paid enough. That's that's what I think. So absolutely tip them. And when he said 15%, 15% is not even like that much. 20% for great service and bonus that if they do above and beyond. Anything else is bullshit. And you're just being cheap as far as I'm concerned. But she doesn't want to tip at all. And she feels like, oh, you're wrecking it for everyone else that lives here because we can't afford to tip. If you can't afford to tip, I don't care where you are in the world, whether tipping is customary or not. If you can't afford to tip, then don't go out to eat. That is my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Go ahead and get your shit to go. Eat that gourmet dinner at home. Have an amazing time. But if you're going to run a server, run a bartender, chat their ear off, have them be your therapist, your family member, your friend, your pseudo lover, your food server, food preparer, your hand holder, your all the things, then they deserve to be compensated for that. So that's how I feel about that. So anyway, she freaks out and she's like, you know, I stopped listening to you five minutes ago. You're going to do what you want to do. And she feels like he ruins everything. Now, meanwhile, they haven't been together for even 24 hours and they're already fighting, which I find crazy. Um, and so Gina feels like his her jealousy is making him feel awkward. And he did have a really awkward moment because she told him to put his mask on. So he's filling out the check. He puts his mask on, but then he wants water, right? So he goes to drink his water. But then he remembers that he has his mask on. So then he goes to take his mask off, but he doesn't want to take his mask off. So he's like, and he just puts his water down. And I was like, if that is not the most awkward thing, I don't know what it is. Um, Faith says, I think she's insecure. Vanessa thinks she's insecure. Uh, Texas Gina says, oh my God, I agree with you. If you don't have money for a tip, you shouldn't eat out. Facts. Um, and Vanessa says, she's been cheating on before. I gathered from her opinion that all men cheat. And she also says, uh, she's weird to say that he has something with the waitress. He didn't come that far to meet the waitress, but attitude can run anyone off, no matter how tight she keeps her body. Her body is tight, you guys. Let me tell you a little something. This pandemic, I'm going to need to do something immediately, if not sooner. I don't know all these people that kept in shape during the pandemic, but I definitely was not one of them. And I, I refuse to buy new clothes. I just need to like lose this pandemic weight so that I can fit my proper clothes properly. That's all. So I respect that about her. I really do. And like a lot of the cast members have just kept in shape, which is, you know, bravo to them. Um, <clears throat> so now Jasmine's mad at, at Gino doesn't want to talk to him because, you know, he tipped the waitress. She needs some space from him. And meanwhile, Gino, you know, like I said, he's going to be the breakout star because he's super weird, y'all. He's super weird. Uh, but he is excited to be intimate with Jasmine. 
uh, want, doesn't know if he should take his little blue pill. You know, he bought like a thousand of them and brought them all with him. So he's like, should I take it? Should I not take it? Because like it takes some time to kick in. And I, I'm confused about it, you guys. And I probably could research it, but I haven't. So if you guys know the answer and you can give me a, sh a quick shortcut to the answer, that'd be great. But like, I know he's in his 50s, but I'm sure he probably can still have sex. So is this like a dysfunction that he has? That he needs the pill, or is he is he taking the pill to have more stamina? Because that whole, and I'll get into it shortly, but that whole sexy scene that they had was not sexy at all. It was very awkward. He was giggling like a girl, and it was just so weird to me. And I was just like, and his hat, like, are you gonna sleep in your hat? And then the fact that he didn't want to shower, you've been traveling for 30 plus hours. You haven't like unpacked and chilled and taking a hot shower in over a day but you want to jump in the bed with your outside clothes that you were on the plane with that you traveled with that you put on your clean underwear that are definitely not clean 30 hours later you don't want to take a quick shower first you want to just jump in the bed with all your your nastiness and she has to tell you to take your shoes off i'm confused because you're in your 50s you should know better and do better so he doesn't know if he should take the pill because she's mad at him and she's, he doesn't think that she's going to be in the mood and she comes out of the bathroom and she's in this fire, sexy, royal blue lingerie outfit. She like brushes past him to get to the closet and all he can think about, <laughs> all he can think about is not, damn, my, my woman looks fine, but I need to charge my phone. It's almost dying. I need to charge my phone. I need to charge my phone. I was like, what is happening right now? How are you not distracted by how beautiful your woman looks? You're all too busy wanting to charge your phone and literally like all nervous looking for how you can charge your phone. It was very bizarre to me. And so she has made her decision that she wants to cuddle. She, she's like, do you want to cuddle with me? And she wants to reconcile with him because, you know, she got mad at him over, over dinner. But her way of reconciling is, you know, having sex. And tons of people say this, and, and there's a lot of these stu studies done on it that, you know, mad sex is the best sex because it's like the makeup sex, right? So I'm not mad at her. Right. I think that, you know, you do, but you get, you guys are gonna have to communicate at some point. You guys are gonna have to get on the same page. You guys are gonna have to like use your words. So uh, she explains to all of us that she really loves sex and he'll have to know how to deal with the beast inside of her. Um, and so he's lying there. And again, like I said, he doesn't want to shower anything. He gets in the bed with her and he's nervous and he's giggling and he's like trying to like prop himself up on his arm, but then he's like, "Oh, my arm it hurts, and I have a shoulder injury." <laughs> I can't even speak. I have a shoulder injury. I was like, "Are you already making excuses for what's not about to happen?" <laughs> You're giggling like a girl. You're fifty plus years old. You didn't take the pill. I'm confused. Yes, Stevie. And you keep the hat on? What is happening here? And you haven't showered? So let me uh, 
rewind. You haven't showered. You haven't used your blue pill. You have your hat on. You have your outside clothes on. You've been traveling for 30 plus hours. You don't have any clean drawers on. And then you're going to start giggling and jump in the bed and because you missed this pill. And and all of the things. And then you guys are going to have this weird, awkward, hugging, kissing session. You're going to tell us it's been a while. How long has it been? Because I feel like it's been longer than the pandemic that you haven't had sex, you know, really. Because the coordination was off. Uh, shout out to Dopey Dope. Appreciate you still. I appreciate you still. Shout out to Dopey Dope. Um, and so they start making out and he's like, this is him. There's like, who taught you to kiss? You, you just don't plant your lips and move your head. That is not how you kiss somebody. And then your hat's in the way and you refuse to take your hat off. You still had your shoes on. I, I, and you're 50 what? And you've been married for how long? And you're a what? You're a engineer? What What's happening here? What's happening here? And so like his hand was like awkwardly on her back, but it was, he's trying to be on her butt. It was, I was like, why are we watching this still? Is this, is this scene not over yet? She asked him to take, she's like, baby, take your hat off. And he's like, no. So how's that going to work? Are you going to shower in your hat, Gino? Are you going to sleep in your hat? At some point, you're going to have to take the hat off, right? Like, if you're trying to have sexy time, you're going to have to take your hat off at some point, I would think. And if you don't, I definitely want to know what that looks like. Do you, like, twist it to the back so that it doesn't interfere with your movements? <laughs> okay, let me stop. <laughs> It's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Oh, hot mess. Okay. Uh, moving on to Kim and Usman. Disclaimer. I think Kim is fantastic. I think she has a really kind heart. I think that Usman is a user McUser. I think that, you know, you invited this older lady over so that you can still hold on to your green card dream of being a super celebrity in America. Now, here's the thing, and I talked about it last week, and I'm going to say it again. He's self-proclaimed an international superstar, but he continues to tell us, this is how I feel, he continues to tell us that he's an international superstar. I can't tell you one song that he has at all, except the Baby Girl Lisa song that we heard on 90 Day Fiance. Does he have an album? Has he toured the world? Like, does he know the definition of international? Because international means international worldwide you might be known in your small little city and even then i don't even think you're because you know what you guys my parents are from africa we know african artists and he's not one of them so for you to force down my throat every five seconds that you're an international superstar an international celebrity international singer slash rapper whatever you do it's not true I, I challenge one of you to name the song besides the baby girl Lisa song. I'll be there for you. That's all I know. Besides that song, what other song have you heard him, him sing? What other video has he come out with? Where has he toured last? I challenge you. Tell me. 
tell me because I I don't believe it. And so for him to be on this ep- this season is really it's irritating me because I feel like he is forcing he's using the show to force us to listen to his music. Which you know what? Go ahead and clout chase. I get it. Come up however you can come up, but. Don't come up and tell me that you're already a star when you're not a star. Just be like, hey, I'm working on my music. I'm really passionate about my music. I love my music. You should listen to my music. Be it that way. Don't tell me you're already a star when you're not a star. And then shove it down my throat. And then have your super fan, which she is, come out wearing all of your gear, spending all of her hard-earned money on you when you know you don't want to get with her. But you you want to use her in your back pocket just in case you want to come to to America, I was going to say Canada. When you want to come to America and be the international superstar that you're not, I, I just I don't get it. So she is traveling. She gets to Zanzibar. Osman uh, doesn't arrive to the next day, and she's like, "It's my dream coming true. I'm his potential girlfriend." And he, she's like blabbering to the taxi driver hence why i say you should always tip your the service people because really they go above and beyond the call of duty (laughs) and we find out some stuff about kimberly so first of all uh you guys she has a a very handsome very successful educated son so she's done some good in her life she's also been uh, in the army, she was a secretary at 19. She's never really traveled. The only time she's gone out of the country is when she went to Saudi Arabia uh, when she was 19. And now we know that she's like 50 something. And this is her first time out of the country, which I always tell you guys, when the world opens up, you have to travel. You have to, even if it's small trips here and there, spending your whole life in one place does not open your mind. And it doesn't allow you to have compassion for different cultures. And I I promise you where you are, that's not all there is to the world. And so I think it's very important to like travel and and learn the world around you. You only have your one life. So why stay on your own little block and your own little city for your entire life when there's a whole world around you? So anyways, this is her first trip like 30 years later to Africa. She's booked the honeymoon suite, um, knowing that Usman wants his own hotel room because he hasn't decided if she's going to be the girlfriend or not yet, right? So it's the next day. She gets dressed, and she's wearing her Usman shirt. And I, I, I think that she's probably packed all Usman gear because this is the second shirt in three episodes that I've seen her wear, which I was like, so did Usman pre- filming send you a bunch of his face on a shirt or did you make these shirts like what's happening here the merch that you're wearing is very bizarre to me because you know you haven't met him yet but you're a super fan okay um so she's wearing her Usman shirt her jeans she's got flowers for him she's meeting him at the airport which It's a whole thing, you guys. Like, it's a whole thing for me. I feel like I'm probably, and you guys are probably going to come for me at this, but I'm still super old school, and I still think that chivalry should not be dead. And I think that 
I just think it. I uh, I just think that they're they're chivalry, and and I feel like you know I, I get it. Like I get all the things, and we're all equal, and all the things. But I just still think that there should still be chivalry. I don't think that she should be doing all the work chasing this fool who is only using her. I think that's the biggest problem I have with it. You can already tell that he's using her to be on the show and to promote his music career, and she seems so lovely that I feel like she's going to be taken advantage of. And I just don't think that's okay. I don't think a man should ever take advantage of a woman, nor a woman take advantage of a man. Um, so she thinks that they're meant to be. She thinks that uh, this day moving forward is going to change her life. And she's nervous. She's excited. She thinks she's going to fall in love and have her happily ever after. And it just breaks my heart because you know that that's not true. You can look at Usman for five seconds and know that that's not true. And it just so it breaks my heart. It really does because she seems lovely and she seems like she deserves to find love. I mean, we all deserve to find love. Um, but she also has like a kindness in her that I know that he's going to take advantage of. You know what I mean? So um, he gets there. He's with his manager and I don't know who the, his assistant, Slam T and, and Badris, I think that's his name, to shoot a music video. And Tanzania has, has the best location. So that's why they're going to shoot their music video there. And he's, he tells his assistant and manager, like, hey, you guys um, wait here. And they're like, oh, because the super fan's here. And he's like, oh, don't call her that. You can call her a fan, but don't call her a super fan. I was like, Lisman, mm, you kind of suck. You kind of suck. Um, so he comes out, and here's where I started laughing. Okay, you guys. And I'm not trying to hate. I'm just pointing out things that I've noticed. Okay? I'm just pointing them out. And... He's rolling out with his carry-on luggage with this fake LV bag. You guys, that LV was the worst of the worst of the worst. Now, back in my young days, when I was like, I couldn't afford real LV, have I had a fake bag here and there? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you, you couldn't tell it was a fake at all. Now, this little LV carry-on, and I'll tell you what, that shit was fake as fuck. Excuse my language. But if you're such an international superstar, you would think that if you're going to get a Louis Vuitton luggage set, then go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. Because what I'm seeing is you pulling out in the cheapest, worst replica of what's supposed to be. Like, I'd rather you not have the fake stuff that looks super bad than just have a regular bag. Because if you're international superstar, then you should have an international superstar salary. That's all I'm saying. Why are you shopping downtown Nigeria for the worst of the worst? <laughs> Anywho, he comes out, they hug, um, and uh She's like, you know, we're the same height. And he says, you know, you look great. You look 31 or 32. You don't look like you're 50. 
she's like, oh, I love him. And she she's acting fan-ish, right? She's hanging on his arm. She's looking up lovingly to him. She's so excited to see him. She thinks that his shit doesn't stink, all the things. And, you know, it made me a little bit sad because, you know, she was coming from a pure place, a pure heart, right? She was, she really is a fan and she probably really doesn't love his music. And she probably doesn't want to be with him, right? Because he's shown her a bit of attention. So then uh, Usman's assistant comes and you know what? This guy is after my heart because this guy says whatever he wants to say. And he is not mad about it. So they come over and he's like, hi, super fan. She's like, don't call me that. And they do their to camera and, and Slam's like, you know, it's normal for fans to want to date celebrities. And then I, sitting on my couch watching this, was like, um, what celebrity are we talking about? Are we talking about the self-proclaimed soldier boy, a.k.a. Lisbon? Someone now calling him a celebrity? And this fan, super fan, wants to date this international superstar? Someone is not telling the truth, and it's not Kimberly. Kimberly is 100% being the real deal. Anyways, uh, both uh, Slam T and Batteress think that Soldier Boy dating or potentially dating Kimberly is bad for his image. Um, so they just think that this is a bad look. Like, why is she here? All the things. And you know they're going to they're going to keep the rest of that to themselves so they jump in the taxi and again slam t is like you know i don't understand why you got so upset that i called you a super fan like aren't you a super fan you know you decided to come down here and she's like i am more than a fan now i'm his potential which you guys already told you like this whole I, potential girlfriend thing what you're not about to do is get me on a flight travel halfway across the world after i've talked to you for how many number of hours online. And then I spent my hard earned money to buy my own ticket to come see you, quote unquote, shoot a music video. And, and I brought thousands of dollars worth of gifts. And you're going to say, A, I'm staying in my own suite. And, and B, that you're my, oh no, not, oh no. Let me go ahead and take this potential PS5 and this potential MacBook Pro back with me, and I might potentially give it to you, depending on how this thing rolls out. If you're going to disrespect me and try to clown me and run me for my money, then this potentially is probably not going to be your gift. But that's not how it goes down. That is not how it goes down. So... She's like, you know, I'm not a super fan. I'm the potential girlfriend. She explains that he invited her, but that's the different story than what Soldier Boy told them. Soldier Boy told them that she like wanted to come, insisted to coming, and that's why she's there. Um, and Soldier Boy fake pretends he's mad. He's like, I don't know why you guys are asking her all these stupid questions. Um, I don't want to hear any more about this. And so then there's this awkward silence. They're like, okay, okay, we got you. Copy, copy that. But she's all happy because she thinks Usman stood up for her. But Usman didn't stand up for her. Usman started to hear that 
the lies that he told the different parties were coming out. So he was cutting it down. You know, those type of people, they tell you one thing, they tell someone else one thing. And then when those people are in the same room, they want to make sure you guys don't talk. Cause as soon as you start talking, y'all realize that, Oh, this person said something totally different to me. And if we start that, that snowball down the hill, it's going to become a friggin' huge boulder and you're not okay with it. That's why you shut it down. He didn't shut down by any means for standing up for Kimberly. That is not what happened. So they get back to the hotel. He checks into his room. Kimberly believes, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Uh, want Usman to come into her room, wants to be romantic with Usman. And we find out that Usman's first impression of her is that she looks better in real life. Uh, he thinks that she looks good. He goes to freshen up. She goes to freshen up. They come back and they're both wearing matching outfits, pink shirts, black pants. And he comes over to her suite. He comes over to her suite, uh, which, you know, is the honeymoon suite. So there's rose petals and like, I don't know towel ducks kissing each other the swans maybe there i don't know what but it's all romantic right and she thinks that if he comes in the room then that might entice him to be romantic with her which again her selfless heart is believing the best in this guy but you know that this dude is here for the wrong reasons Right, he wants a super fan to like hype him up and be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh you're this and you're that," and he's getting all the things from her. She keeps calling him, you know, an amazing, talented, beautiful, sexy, all the things fawning over him. And because he has that narcissist type of personality, and he already thinks self-proclaimed that he's a superstar, this is feeding his ego, going into shooting this music video, and that's exactly what he wants. Right, so it's a hot mess. So he's not trying to be in any room with her. He's not trying to be romantic with her, despite what he said that she looks good. If he really, you guys know, if you're attracted to someone and you want to be with them, you're going to be with them. You're not going to be like, oh, I, I got to think about it. Oh, let me take these thousand dollar gifts and I'll peace out. I'll see you when I see you. You know what I mean? Like, let's stop it. Um. So he gets to the room. He thinks the room is too much because, you know, he's not her boyfriend yet. And then she was like, well, you know, I just thought it was beautiful. And then he's like, did I say I was sleeping here? Did I say I was going to stay? And she ignores that disgustingly rude comment. Like boy, bye. Boy, bye. That's what she should have said. Boy, bye. You don't want to stay. Feel free. Here's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass when you're out. But oh no, that's not what she says because she's super nice. Better woman than me, obviously. She's like, oh no, no, no. I still want to give you your gifts though. Pops out a MacBook Pro and a PS5. And y'all can look it up. The thousand, listen, thousands of dollars. The MacBook Pro, a couple of thousand easily by itself. And you know the PS5 was hard to find this, this Christmas. This fool is hugging and kissing the PS5. No hug or kiss and real a real thank you to your quote-unquote potential girlfriend. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why would you do that? You're just going to continue to kiss on the, the gifts that she spent thousands of dollars 
lugging across the, the country or the world for you? Really? Really? Kimberly, really? When he said, did I say I was sleeping here? That should have been your cue to be like, no, actually you didn't. Let me go ahead and plug in this PS5 and play some video games so I can entertain myself. And when you have a better attitude, come through. Maybe I'll let you play with me. What you don't do is be like, hey, hey, Crystal, hey, go, hey. What you don't do is just be like, here, here's thousands of dollars of gifts. Treat me like shit, no problem. Say crazy things to me, no problem. Here you go. He says, after he sees the gifts and he's hugging and kissing on the gifts, that you really are a potential now, as in you weren't a potential before. No, you weren't because he never meant any of that. He just wanted you to come so you can, you know, big him up. I hope you guys know what I mean when I say big him up. That's all he wanted, his ego to be stroked. Kisses the PS5 again um, and then says, hey, I'm going back to my room. But thanks. Had her literally pack him up with the $1,000 of gifts and open the door for him. Don't get me started. I I am not impressed with Big Head. And that's what I'm going to call him. Because he has a big head. He thinks he's bigger than he is. I remember you guys. I interviewed him during a season. And those of you guys that have been with me long enough will know that. I don't want to be an asshole. Okay. I've interviewed a lot of people. Okay. Usman is not the biggest star that I've ever interviewed. But he had the biggest ego. Like, I can tell you that I sat down with Robert De Niro. I've sat down with Oprah. I've sat down with so many people. But Usman had the biggest, fattest ego out of any interview I've ever done. I'll never forget it. He treated me like I was like a servant beneath him. And I was like, um, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just continued my interview because I'm a professional. But afterwards, I was like, um, you've been on one, like, you're lucky I'm a professional, I'll say that. Uh, Crystal says, worst interview, he acted, he was above us all. Yeah, he was the worst. He was, I just, and he continues to be that way. And I think that that's why he's never going to be successful because you need to, my friend, if you ever see this video, you need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself because you never know who you're talking to. You never know what that next step is going to look like for you. But if you think you're already better than and above than and a superstar and you're not, let me tell you, especially... Excuse me. Especially in Hollywood, the assistants, the assistants' assistants, those are the people that become the next network executives. And how you treat them is what they're going to remember. And they're going to remember how you treated them when they were the assistant and the assistant of the assistant. And not as the executive that can greenlight your project. Oh, no. So you need to remember that Mr. International Superstar. Um, te- no, it was after After Buzz. This was just last, I think it was last year. I don't know, Krista, was it last year? I don't know. It was, it was recently enough for me to remember. Recently enough, Gina, for me to remember. For real, for real. He's the worst. 
But I'll just tell you this. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're talking to. That's all I'm saying. And you know, you never know what their reach is. So beware of that. Moving on to Alina and Caleb. Again, you guys, I want to support this because, first of all, I think Alina is a queen. I think Alina is really making the storyline. And I love the fact that she is beautiful, intelligent, and smart, and strong in all of the things. And, however, Caleb, Caleb, anyway, she's worried that there's not going to be chemistry between the two of them in real life. Um, And so they meet up, he hugs her, he's like, so good to see you. There's lots of giggling going on. And then he's like, you're beautiful, but this is super surreal. I think you look great, but dot, dot, dot. And anytime there's a compliment with the butt, you know that that shit is just terrible. But you're smaller than I thought. It's different. That's the first thing that comes out of your mouth out the gate. For real, for real. For real, for real, Caleb. So they have their little moment. He like squats down so they can talk eye to eye, which I personally thought was like a little bit. I don't know, genetic. I don't know. Like it was just, it was unnecessary for him to say all that. Do you know what I mean? Just, just if you're gonna squat down, squat down. I don't need you to tell me that you're gonna squat down so that we can see eye to eye. Obviously, you're gonna have to squat down so we can see eye to eye. I just thought it was like unnecessary. And you know, they look at each other. Oh, so good to see you. Yada yada yada. And. Then they're going to be off. Now, he's pushing her wheelchair. He then goes and says he feels tired, that his arm feels like it's about to die. You've been pushing her for five seconds, and you claim to be Mr. Fitness Bodybuilder, competed in a fitness competition earlier this year. So you should be strong enough and fit enough and not out of breath enough to friggin' push a wheelchair and carry your stupid friggin' baggage. Okay, but you're doing it because it's not about you. It's about her. And because you're so into yourself that you're making it something that should not be. I just didn't like that scene at all, at all. Like, you knew she was in a wheelchair. You knew you were going to help. have to help her. You wanted it to be like a private moment. You didn't want her friend Elijah to be there. So fucking suck it up, dude. Suck it up and don't make it about you and don't make it weird. And if you're so strong and fit, then be strong and fit. So then she's worried that he's going to feel like it's always going to be this hard and difficult. So this beautiful young woman is constantly thinking about him and about how he feels and what she's doing to make him feel more comfortable. And I'm just like, no, you don't need to do all that. He should accept you for who you are. And if he doesn't, that's his problem, right? But because she has that kind heart, that's what she's doing. And meanwhile, he's saying that, quote, these are the words that he used, jarring to see her compared to his own size. Jarring, jarring. 
he feels like he just needs some time to adjust, you know, being with a little person and then the chemistry might fall back. So basically you're saying not only is it jarring to see, see her, it's jarring to you that you have no chemistry with her right now, but you feel like in time it's going to come back. Now, as grown as adults, we know that that's not how things work. And I personally think that, again, he's too self-absorbed with himself, a.k.a. Andrew-ish. That he's going to really let a beautiful thing and a beautiful spirit and a beautiful person go by him because he's too busy trying to clout chase his way up to stardom. She's disappointed that he didn't kiss her or hug her. She hopes that there's going to be cuddling and kissing back at the hotel. Just that she feels she needs that confirmation that he likes her. Meanwhile, he's talking about how challenging and more challenging than he thought it was. Um, This whole thing is hitting him in the face. And he really just is like, feels like he's taking care of everything. He can't believe he has to do everything on his own for her. Dude, you've been here for five seconds. You pushed her wheelchair for five minutes. Not even. Helped her into a taxi, which any gentleman should help anybody, any even any able body. If you're on a friggin' date, you're going to help your date get into the taxi. You're going to open doors. So if you feel like this is just too much for you and you're doing all the things, then guess what? You fucking suck. Period. You have no... gentlemanly qualities about you and you have no chivalry about you if you're already bitching after five minutes. And that is my opinion and I'm sticking to it. I don't care able-bodied or not able-bodied, whatever. Opening a door, helping a a female into the, the taxi should not be taxing on you. Okay? It should not be. And Dopey says, damn, yeah, damn. Go ahead and open those doors. Go ahead and use chivalry should not be dead, Caleb. Okay? Don't be complaining. Be a, And even if it's not about chivalry, just be a kind human being. Help your neighbor. Be kind to your neighbor. You see an older person and they need help, help them. If they need help crossing the street, help them. If they need help picking up something that's heavy, help them because that's human nature you want to be a kind individual because guess what one day you're going to be old guess what one day you're going to need help and you would hope that someone would extend their help to you that is all i'm saying but he wants to feel like he is taking care of everything and he's feeling overwhelmed and he doesn't have the patience for her to go up the stairs so he's going to carry her up the stairs she sees the good in him and thinks it's very romantic that he picked her up but that is not why he was doing it he was feeling like short-tempered that this was taking too much time and he's gonna do this and he's gonna do that um so they get there she shows him around the room and he puts her on the bed they start talking all the things and they talk about like cuddling and Elijah sleeping there and, and taking care of her and all the things. And he's like, you know, do you think I, cause she's asking him directly, like, 
when you hug me, is it a friend thing? And he's like, do I, do you think I came all the way here just to be with a friend? Okay. But you didn't answer the question. Cause the next thing you say is that you're going to need some time. You have no mental energy for affection. And she's really disappointed because he's looking dead in her eyes on the bed and all he's worried about is that Elijah slept on his side of the bed. And so he has to check the bed for stains and he feels it's weird and, and all the things. And I was like, mm. I just, I just think it's terrible. I think he's treating her terrible. I think he's a little too self-absorbed. And if he thought about her more and himself less, he would enjoy this moment more. Moving on to Mike. Okay, so Mike is one of the only people I'm super rooting for. I really feel I feel for Mike. I want him to find love. He's never had a girlfriend. I want him to have that experience. And unfortunately, I see this crashing terribly and burning terribly. And this girl is telling you exactly who she is, exactly what she wants from him. And it's definitely not him that she wants at all. So uh, it starts with, hey, as for a, him packing, he's leaving for Columbia and uh, he is ready to meet the love of his life. He's super nervous and he, his biggest hope is that it goes well. And that he, by the end of his trip, he gets to propose to her and not only bring her over to America via the K-1 visa process, but bring her two kids as well. And they're all going to live as a happy family in the house that he lives with already with his dad and his granddad. Um, so he comes downstairs. Hyman, who's super adorable, you guys. I think he's super adorable. Grandpa Hyman is super adorable. And Larry, um, you know, give him the advice. Stay out of trouble. You know, there's going to be a language issue. Like, how are you going to deal with that? Don't go anywhere that you're not supposed to go. Um, and, like, what are your plans for her? When, if it works out and he explains, Hey, I want to have her come with her three-year-old and her seven-year-old and they're all going to live in this house with us. And grandpa's like, Oh, this house is not going to be quiet anymore. If that happens. Um, which I think is super cute. And then he's like, you know, come give your grandpa a hug and a kiss. Cause you're never too old to hug and kiss your grandpa. And I just like, Oh, grandpa Hyman is adorable. We love him already. Um, Grandpa Hyman also thinks that this trip is not a good idea. He really just feels like if you're going to love someone, you're going to love them for who they are and language shouldn't be an issue and all the things. And, you know, grandpas and grandmas know some things. And so I, I don't know. I think he's for foreseeing the future. So what we know about Mike is he's 34. He's never been in love before, but he feels like he's fine, found happiness with, Amina. Um, he doesn't think he's being used. And if he is being used, his heart is going to be broken. Oh, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now today, December 27th, 2021, that you are absolutely being used. And I feel bad for you. I feel bad for the train wreck that's ahead of you. I really, truly do believe that you deserve love. And I was thinking about it, you guys. Don't you guys think that Mike this mic here and um what the hell is her name memphis 
would make a great couple. I want to see that happen. Cut out all the bullshit with their stupid user significant others right now. And like, let's cut to the chase. Let's put Mike and Memphis together and call it a day. They would be a great couple because they want the same things. And they've both been through like their own little shortcomings in the world. I think they would be great. But that's not what's happening. We're stuck with Amina. Um, and he gets to Columbia. He texts her that he landed. She doesn't respond. So he's waiting, he's waiting. He's waited 30 minutes, still nothing. He doesn't see her. And so now he's worried if she's actually real. Is she coming? Did he get stood up? Like, he doesn't know. And then they fast or they rewind 24 hours. We meet Amina, who's 24. Okay. Ah, uh, Dopey Dope, thank you for the super sticker. You are the bomb. Okay, so listen to me, you guys. She's 24 years old. She has a son, Juan, who's nine, and a son, Harold, who's three. Now, Juan David's dad, who's nine, was a one-night stand. And I was like, Do the mental math. So you were 15 when you had this child and you're talking about a one night stand at 15. You guys, what were you doing when you were 15? Cause I I'll tell you this. I didn't even know what a one night stand was at 15. You had a one night stand at 15 years old and then said to camera that you're 24 and your son is nine and that, Oh, he was the product of a one night stand. And not only that, it gets better. Your son, Harold Steven, who's three, the dad's in jail. And we already know that that dad is like a narcos guy. So he's in jail. And you want to try to make it like a romantic story that you met your prisoner husband, not excuse me, your prisoner boyfriend on Facebook. You fell in love with him. And what's so funny is that you were like, I love him so much. And then she corrected herself and said, loved him very much. No, you love him. And the only reason you're not with him is because he has an extended prison sentence. And so now you're figuring, what should I do while that narco money is not coming every day? Because he's in prison. Let's be real. So she fell in love with him while he was in jail. Okay, wanted his child. And this is the part that I didn't really understand. So if you guys understood it, please tell me what she meant. But she said that she visited him. And on the second visit, she put her feet up and got pregnant. So did they have a conjugal visit? Or did he like, sorry if I'm being crass, but did he like spurt into like, tissue or plastic bag and smuggle it to her and then she you know bastard it with her legs up i need to know i really need to know what exactly she meant by she got pregnant by putting her feet up because i was like hmm, that doesn't sound like a conjugal that sounds like a turkey baster situation and I'm trying to figure it out and it doesn't make sense. But anyways, by the second visit, one, two, she's pregnant. 
and out comes Harold Stephen. And so she says she loves him, but he got a lot of jail time. And quote, she wants someone who can support her now. Oh, stroll in naive Mike, who's never had a girlfriend, who wants to find love, who probably hasn't had enough attention. And now this predator, because I'm calling her a predator because she is, she's preying on the innocent and naive in in Mike, is going to come through and just take him for all he's worth. Take him. Now, she says she's a manicurist, but she hasn't been able to work because of the pandemic. And if it wasn't for Mike, she can't imagine how it would have been for her because Mike bought, drum roll please, okay? Mike bought her couch, her dining room set, her fridge, her stove, her blender, her food processor, her coffee maker. He gives her money for food and rent every month. Now, I am sitting back like, so before you met Mike, did you not have a fridge and a stove and a couch to sit on? And if you're struggling for the day-to-day, I I don't even have a food processor. Do you need a food processor? And a blender? And a coffee maker? Are those necessities? You got a brand new friggin' stove? What were you cooking on before you met Mike? Because you had that narco boyfriend. So was he not giving you all that narco money? I'm, I'm trying to understand why all of a sudden you have a full brand new furnished apartment by the dude that you've never met before. That you literally say is not the kind of guy that you usually are attracted to. You usually like bigger men, like police officers and tattoo artists and farmers and drug dealers. And Mike, you think, is not handsome physically, but he has a big heart, which translates into he has a big wallet and he's giving you all these things. And I am just disgusted by your behavior. I'm actually really disgusted by her behavior and I'm sad for him because he really thinks that he's in love with this girl and he really thinks that she's going to treat him right. But meanwhile, not only does she say all the things that he got her and that she wants to be taken care of without having to actually really like him or love him, she wants and tells her stepmom and dad that she wants a better life for her kids in America. Now, if she is not spelling out this is for the green card and for his checkbook, period, I don't know what more she can say. She just finished telling you that she doesn't think he's handsome. She's usually not attracted to these people. That if it wasn't for him, that she wouldn't have survived. And she expects all the things from him and all the monies from him. And that also, too, she wants him to propose so that she can take her kids to America and have a better life. No, like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. He's so kind. I love him. Uh, I can't wait to be with him and spend my- none of that. It's all of all the things that he can give her and how he can make her life better. 
And then the dad, which I get because dads are protective, but the dad had the audacity to say that she's he's worried about Mike and Mike not being who he says he is. Have you looked and talked to your daughter? Your daughter is being the biggest gold digger scam artist, mucho, mucho, mucho. <laughs> That I have heard and seen in a long time. I know mucho mucho, but you know what I meant by that. You're worried about Mike. You should worry about your own self. You should worry about your own daughter. You should worry about how you raise your daughter and how she already is at 24 and has two baby daddies and not even ever in a long-term relationship. So let's talk about her, shall we? I'll wait. One night stand at 15 years old impregnating yourself with someone who's already in prison and then using this poor Mike guy who's never been in love and wants to have love and trying to take him for all he's got. But you're worried about Mike. You should worry about your damn child. Amina is not portraying yourself as a good person. And I don't like it. I don't like it. At all. Ridiculousness. All right, you guys. I, Ella, I want to feel for Ella. I want to empathize for Ella. I also, too, want to root for Ella. I think Ella deserves love. I think she's gone through some things. And, you know, a lot of these cast members, I feel like they have gone through some painful situations in their life and they're hurting and they're trying to get through that. And so I want to root for them. However, Ella, 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 the sexualization and fetishization, <laughs> you guys know what I mean? of a specific culture and or race is not okay. And I personally think that when you go on a site that says specifically white women for Asian men and vice versa is ridiculous and you're, you're stereotyping a whole culture and it's not okay. We're not in, I don't even know what year to say. We're not in 1980. We're not in 1970, 60, 50, 40. I don't even know. Whenever that you thought you guys thought that was okay, it was never okay. But whenever it was acceptable, which it was never acceptable, it's not okay. So you can't come to 2021 and talk about how you have an Asian fetish and you're not having any luck with Idaho men so you're going to go on an Asian website for white women and find yourself an Asian man. Oh my God, I cannot. And so I just, that part, Diana, everything that you're saying, everything you're saying in the live chat, I just feel like if you're also 
going to talk about how much you love the culture, then you should really know about the culture. When you're talking about anime and fantasy and freaking cosplay, you should know the origins and not all of Asia is the same place. You can't just be like, oh, I love Asian culture, but then not really know like parts of Asia that you're talking about. It's ridiculous to me. It makes you look and sound ignorant. It's just ridiculous. That all being said, she has a purple house because she's into cosplay and she's into all things anime. And the first five seconds, she is outside in her outfit with a sword and a mannequin saying that she is the soul reaper and doing some like weird, I don't know what, I don't know what was happening. Like she, I, is she, I don't know what she was doing. Cause I've seen cosplay and it's, it's not even that. I, I don't know what she was doing in her backyard, but she was just hitting with her sword that she took off her wall. And I just, I, however, she says she's obsessed with Asian culture, anime posters, all these friggin' dragon knickknacks. But on the flip side, she talks about her struggles and she struggled with her weight and she's been struggling with her weight since kindergarten. Uh, She started crying because she feels like other people made her feel different and unwanted and she feels unwanted. Um, And so she got into fantasy and fantasy helped her escape her real life. And that being said, I feel for her. And I think that that is an issue that on a deeper level, I would love to talk about when we have more time. But I will say this, that I said it in a a previous episode last week. Everywhere you go, there you are. You can't hide from yourself. You can't run away from yourself. Everywhere you go, there you are. So you can be into fantasy land and all the things, but whatever your issues are, you're going to have to deal with them eventually. And and Ella 29, I feel like at some point you're going to have to face your realities and you're going to have to face the things that make you sad and the things that make you insecure. And you and you alone can only make you happy. That's what I feel. And that being said, because I'm talking about it, escaping into fantasy land and doing all this fantasy stuff is not going to help your situation. And then it's not going to help any relationship that you want to get into. And on that note, is she true? I'm just saying, when you talk about Johnny and you talk about how he's going to come here and help you lose weight and eat healthy, all those. Listen, Ella, those are things that you should want to do if you want to do them when you want to do them for yourself. No other person can dictate what you put into your body and how your body's going to react. If you indeed wanted to lose weight, you should lose weight for yourself and you should, and you should do the hard work yourself because then you will be successful in it. Don't lose weight because of someone else and what you think that that person's going to think. And don't rely on that person to cook you healthy meals because if that person ever leaves and you don't know how to cook healthy meals, then that weight will never stay off. So if you want to make a change in your life like that, then make the change for yourself and make it a small change and 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 read a cookbook or or join a 
group online or do all the things, do anything, do a small thing, a small step for yourself, by yourself, and you'll be more successful. But if you're going to wait for a man to come from across the world so that he can cook healthy Asian food for you because you know Asian food is healthy, I'm going to tell you you sound like an idiot and you're not going to be successful. Okay, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So her ideal man um, in fantasy land is red hair, green aisles with a fox demon inside him. But in real life, he's got to be Asian. So she went on an Asian men, white women website and found her Asian prince. And his name is Johnny. He's 34 from China. And he is perfect. And the first thing he, she says that is all stereotypes that I just can't even, um, again, I don't have enough time in this the show to get into the details of the stereotypes and the passive racism that she is exerting. But she first, her first compliment is her, his eyes are perfect. They have a lot in common because she's a Western girl who's obsessed with Asian culture. And he is an Asian it's obsessed with Western culture. They've been talking for a year and a half. And in the last six months, they decided they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. She starts crying again because she's excited to meet in person. Um, he's coming to Idaho and uh, he's going to be staying for three months. You have never met this dude before ever, ever. You haven't really traveled in your life either ever and you're going to open your home to a stranger for three months let me tell you two weeks with a stranger is a, a hard enough time three months three months for someone that you've never met in real life good luck with that she grew up on a ranch uh cattle herding and horse riding we meet her mom debbie and you know her mom debbie is protective but also like I want to say an enabler, but also kind of like not like she wants to be supportive, but the words that are coming in her mouth are not super supportive, in my opinion. When your daughter's like, yeah, she's trying to, she wants to lose weight. And then you're like, oh, you know, it's going to be hard for you to lose weight. I don't know if that's really encouraging. Anyway, she's worried that um, Johnny is going to take advantage of her, uh, not only financially, but emotionally. Um, and that she's been down this road before and she's seen her daughter hurt a lot of times and she doesn't want to see her daughter taken advantage of anymore because of her insecurities. Um, and so Debbie, the mom, is worried that Johnny's just really looking for a green card and that she's been burned before by online boyfriends in the past and she really doesn't want to see that happen again. We find out, hey, Dustin, hey. We find out that, you know, she's, Johnny's going to be there for three months. And uh, she meets up with her roommate, Sonia, and her best friend, Corby, who happens to be married to an Asian guy. And she can't believe her friend's married to an Asian guy because that's her thing. Did you guys also know that, notice that big bruise on her arm? You know, I know it's all the crazy stuff. And I was really distracted by it. But she had this big ass bruise on her arm. And I was like, what is that from? Like, someone explained that to me. Anyhow, 
Uh, we find out a little bit more about Johnny, that he's a divorced single dad of a five-year-old named Stormy, but Stormy doesn't live with him. Stormy lives with the grandparents so that Johnny can travel for work. And he usually sees his son like two to three times a month. Um, so he's coming over to visit her in Idaho for the three months. The friends think it's a bit weird that he's able to leave his kid for so long and just not even think twice about it. I too think it's a bit weird that you're a quote unquote single dad, but your kid doesn't live with you. And meanwhile, you're saying that your ex wife has a whole other family and has nothing to do with the kid. So like that kid is going to have abandonment issues because dad's not there. Mom's not there. Like, what is that about? Um, then Ella proceeds to talk us, talk to us about her online sex life with Johnny and how they've naked video chatted. There's talk about playing with boobs and pleasuring cells and vibrators and just unnecessary, in my opinion, for me to know any of this. I don't care. Um, Corey's Corby, her best friend, is worried that, you know, Ella's so into this. She thinks that this guy's the one, but she also was in another online relationship with an Indian guy that she ended up meeting in person in Thailand. And he just didn't want to be sexual with her, didn't want to be with her. And so she had her heart broken. And which just goes to tell you guys that I continue to tell you on my show all the time that when you're in an online relationship, you are not in a real relationship. You are not in a real relationship till you spend time in real life with that person and get to actually know them in real life. Anyone can show up as the representative, even if you're talking for a year, a year and a half, five years. I don't care if you have not met that person in real life. You don't actually know that person. And so don't tell me you're in a relationship because you're not. Last and certainly not least is Memphis. I'm I'm rooting for Memphis because Memphis has been through a lot between the foster care, her mom on drugs, her literally educating herself and um, being a nurse practitioner, which takes a ton, masters and nursing and all the things and all the things. She's been through a lot. And to find out that she's only been talking to Hamza for eight months was disappointing for me. But She's looking for someone that she can trust and she's looking for uh, stability and someone that she can rely on. And she thinks she's found that in Hamza, who's 28, um, that we meet in this episode. And I have so much to say, you guys. I'm going to try to be on my best behavior. But, oh, so he's 28 uh, from... Tunisia, he prefers a plump girl with a sexy body. He kickboxing is his passion. Um, And then he goes on to tell all of us that some Tanzanian people think that American women are sluts who wear revealing clothing and have sex with just everybody and anybody. Um, But 
he doesn't think that way. He doesn't like a boring woman, so he's super excited to meet Memphis all in one breath. We meet Hyatt, his mom. Uh, so he lives at home. He's 28. He uh, explains that it's common practice in their culture for uh, children to live at home until they get married. So he lives with his mom and his sister. Uh, mom still cooks for him all the meals, still does all his laundry, cleans his room. And he literally says, treats him like a baby and he loves it. God bless her for it. And he's 28, almost 30. Oh, and he doesn't work. So let me just sum that up for you. He lives at home. He doesn't cook. He doesn't clean. He doesn't drive. He doesn't have a job. His mom cleans his own room. And uh, yet this is the future father figure. Like, you guys, just, I cannot. I cannot. He tells his mom that Memphis doesn't know how to cook. So his mom is going to teach Memphis. Your mom should teach you how to cook at 28. Because what skills are you bringing? You don't even freaking drive. What skills are you bringing? What are you bringing to the table? Hamza. Because it sounds to me, by this little introduction, that all Memphis is getting is another freaking child to take care of. And that's not okay, in my opinion. Um, we've also found out that his parents were divorced when he was 10. Um, so, quote, when he goes to America, he wants to really help his mom um, with money and support her. And the mom, which I think she's in on it as well, because she just has no objections to him meeting a foreigner, even though we've been down this road before with plenty of other families and they've all had problems with foreigners but she doesn't have a problem with with him being with the foreigner as long as that she takes care of him and respects him no problem sister um roya comes in to join the conversation they're talking about memphis and you know the mom's worried that they have different lifestyles she's seen memphis in some inappropriate clothing and so she doesn't know if their lifestyles are going to match uh but for now they, she wants them to sleep in separate rooms and when they get married then they can be together which you know i respect the culture i get that uh, but hamza thinks that if two people love each other uh sex before marriage should be okay as he probably thinks and I have a whole issue with this because I think that he is sexualizing Memphis and a lot of people do that specifically for black women over sexualized for no reason. I think that he's doing that and I'm not okay with it, but I'm going to, I'm going to remain on the fence until I actually see them together properly. But so he's lied to his mom or no, he's lied to Memphis and told Memphis that his mom was okay, that they slept in the same room, but that was a lie. And he's most worried that his mom and Memphis are not going to get along. So he gets ready for the airport. He doesn't drive his mom. <laughs> he doesn't drive. He doesn't drive. He doesn't drive. His mom has the foresight to buy flowers for Memphis. So, you know, 
those weren't from him. They were from the mom. And his friend uh, Yusef is picking up because he doesn't drive. So he's going to pick them up and take them to the airport. Uh, he explains he doesn't drive because he had a fight with the instructor. But like, then go to a different instructor and go take the test and go drive. You're 28 and you don't drive because you said you had a fight with your instructor. Now, the friend said something that was super important, in my opinion. The friend's like, God help you get out of this country. I truly feel happy for you. This country is broke. Um, and so I'm excited for you to be able to leave. Now, Hamza says that, you know, the country, in his opinion, is broke and that his mom has done everything for him. Uh, but society looks at divorced women poorly and the mom uh, lost, quote unquote, her value in society. So when she looks for a job and they find out that she's divorced, she doesn't get the job. So she gets turned down because of it. So he feels, and hear me out on this, he feels that going to America can not only help his mom, it's a good opportunity. Not, hey, I met Memphis. And you guys, they're not dating. They're engaged. She said the one week they hang out, Second week, they get married. Third week, they are honeymooning. Boom, boom, boom. So they're not like, hey, we might. She's like, we're engaged. We're getting married. But he feels like it's a good opportunity because guess what? When you go to America, the wages are, salaries and wages are better. And so he's going to be able to go to America for this opportunity, make his money, and send that money back to his family. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that and supporting your family, but if you're doing it on the back of an uh, innocent American who's already had a hard life and you're using her to get the green card and you're using her to support your lifestyle because you can't find a job because A, you don't work and B, you don't cook and C, you don't clean and D, you don't drive and E, you don't know, you don't have any skills. So you're going to go from your mama's house to Memphis house and she's going to have to take care of you. And oh, by the way, because she's American and everyone thinks Americans are, are rich, she's going to have to support you and send money back. Oh no, that's not what we're going to do, my friend. That's not what we're going to do. Not today. Not today, my friend. Not today. That woman did not get her master in nursing to carry a 28-year-old when she already has two kids to deal with. She's not about to bring you on her back as well. Oh, no. You can start by going in and getting your driver's license. How about that? A good opportunity. Not that you love Memphis and she's the one. And to prove my point, Memphis talks about how she has low self-esteem and, and you know she's worried that he won't be attracted to her. And she's just really worried about that. They meet, she hugs. She's like, I'm happy. And she's like hugging him and all of that and giggling. But guess what he does? He to translator says, oh yeah, she's no problem. It's fine. That's that's your first impression. She's no problem. It's fine. But oh, at the same breath, she's a great opportunity because you're going to use her for the green card and for her money. So yeah, it's no problem. She's fine. You better get the hell out of here with all of that nonsense. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's intelligent. And what she doesn't need is your 28-year-old, non-productive, non-producing, non-driving, non-cooking, can't clean your own room, doesn't even bring 
the own flowers that your mom had to buy, who you said was broke, but had to use her own money to go and get the flowers because you're not thoughtful enough to bring the flowers. She don't need you. Memphis realizes as soon as she gets there that there's a huge language barrier and it's going to be a problem because they need to get to know each other quickly in the next three weeks. Let me tell you, again, I'm trying to root for all these couples because I'm so happy to have a bunch of new new characters, but I don't see, I don't see it, you guys. I don't see it in the season. Where's the love story? Out of all the couples, tell me in the in the live chat, tell me in the replay, out of all the couples, who who can be the success story? Who? Who? It's definitely not gonna be Mike and Amina, because she's a user. It's not going to be Alina and Caleb because Caleb's too self-absorbed. It's not going to be Kimberly and Usman because, you know, I don't need to say anything. It's Usman. Jasmine and Gino, maybe. Maybe. It's definitely not going to be Ella because she's ridiculous. It's not going to be Memphis because Hamza is using her. We haven't met the last dude. I can't remember his name, but the one that's the model, the preacher turned model flying to Russia for a girl that he has now even live chat with. It's not going to be him either. So what? Maybe Gino and Jasmine out of the whole bunch, the whole season that's going to take up hours upon hours upon hours of my time. I'm going to tell you already right now. And this is not even, you know, I can do predictions. I'm very good. This is not a prediction. This is just facts. One, maybe one couple. One couple. Anyhow, <laughs> Patty, you're so hilarious. You guys, thank you so much for watching. Wherever you are, if you can hit that thumbs up, you should be on YouTube. And if you can take five seconds and hit that thumbs up, that would be great. Thank you for joining me. Tomorrow, you guys, I'm going to do my Family Chantel stuff. And can I tell you, if you watch the Family Chantel, uh, I have the biggest tea that I'm probably going to share with you tomorrow. I won't keep it for news and gossip only because news and gossip, we have a ton of stuff to talk about this week. But you are going to be flabbergasted because I was flabbergasted and I've been sitting on it all day. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Don't forget to hit, hit that thumbs up, like, and subscribe. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Bye for now.